You guys ready to get in the word? Listen, I'm on a series, it's called the Jesus Series. And Paul the Apostle said, with all of the things he had in his life, he said, I count everything else secondary, and I count knowing Jesus as primary, right? And, uh, you know, one verse says, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and then lose your own soul? And I, I think about, I was listening to Jimmy Buffett radio yesterday, and I was listening, I heard a song I never heard before called Fruitcakes, and he goes down the list about relationships and about all kinds of things, and he gets on a religion one, and he, he just kind of just kind of, you know, says some things that are a little disparaging, and I just thought, oh, man, I hope he got it right at the end. You know, a billion dollars would be, you know, cheeseburgers and margaritas and all that stuff, but you got to get the big deal centered. You know, there, there's a way that seems right to a man, it says in Proverbs 14, 12, but the end of that way is actually death. Jesus said there's a broad path that leads to destruction, and many find it. There's a narrow path that leads onto the right track, and few find it. So um, that's why we pray the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers, and we've, we have got to get to know the central aspect of what, what this whole thing is about, and the whole thing is about knowing Jesus, getting to not just know about him, uh, but getting to know him personally. It's one thing to learn information and get facts. It's another thing to have a new birth experience as a result of receiving Jesus into our heart. Uh, he said to Nicodemus in, in John 3.3, 3, he said, you must be begotten from above or born again. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Shepherd has a birthday. And I'll tell you, he's going to have a new birth birthday. There, there will be a new birth that will take place. He's raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He's covered by believing parents. But there's going to come a point where he has this moment of accountability, and he gets convicted, and he gets drawn into it. And uh, we don't know the time or the date, but he's going to come to know Jesus. And, um, he, you know, Paul said, oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Uh, John 17, 3, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So there, this is, in fact, the essence of this thing. This is what we're out for Sunday morning right now. This is what we're hungry for. This is what we're targeting um, so that we can uh, understand the Bible portrayal of who Jesus is and then follow him and then imitate him. Uh, Ephesians 5.2 says, as beloved ch children, we're to imitate him. And so uh, we, we, we look to him and we see God is love. It says, walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice uh, to God as a fragrant aroma. So everybody say, walk in, love. walk in love. Boy, there's a big deficit of love right now on the earth. Yeah. Jesus predicted it. He said, because lawlessness has increased, wickedness has increased, many people's love, most people's love will grow cold. Yeah. And it says in another verse, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. So it's a non-negotiable. God wants, God who loved the world so much wants us then to love one another. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. 
This is it. And then it says in verse 8, it says, he, he that doesn't walk in love doesn't know God. Let's, let's, the one who does not love does not know God. Here's the biggie. For God is love. Yeah. Marry that message from John in that epistle to John in the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, that phrase distinguishes Jesus from everyone else. I'll tell you, Jesus is the unique person of the universe. There's one group that thinks he's the brother of Lucifer and he's only the God of this planet and there are many planets with many gods. I disagree. We've got to understand who Jesus is biblically and we've got to study the whole counsel of God and we've got to trust the Holy Spirit to guide us past the deception and past the distortion and that we could have a biblical interpretation of who he is so then we can fulfill what God's called us to do and be. And it's important and God's adamant about this so much so that he sent his Holy Spirit as our teacher to take from Jesus and reveal to us and he always and only guides us into the truth. He'll always deliver you and me from error. I believe cult people will get set free in these upcoming days. I believe ill-informed people that are religious but they're not right with God will have a new birth experience. I believe God's doing something great upon the body of Christ throughout the earth and all the denominations and non-denominations. And I believe ultimately there's going to be a great move of the Holy Spirit. He's coming back to a glorious church without spot or blemish. He's coming back with a, a vibrant group full of faith. And in this end time hour, the Jesus who came once is coming back. He's the soon and coming king, and we, we trust God for that. And in the meantime, we just study and we, 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 we get the right answers. You know, I remember when in John chapter 14, Thomas said, uh, Lord, I, we don't know the way. John chapter 14, verse 5, he said, what's up? Can you please clarify what's going on? He says, we don't know where you're going. Uh, 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 how do we know the way? How do we know the way? And Jesus didn't disparage him for asking that question. He immediately answered it. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is very politically incorrect right there. The, the world that's pluralistic and think there are many paths to God. In that Jimmy Buffett a fruitcake song, you know, he, he just kind of talked about pluralism in it and kind of just moved on to the next thing. And I thought, no, man, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to, to set captives free for the nations. You know, David prayed, and it was actually Jesus' prayer, and it's the prayer of the church. Psalm 2.8, he said, call to me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe in Chesterfield Valley right now in 2023, the Lord is funneling wisdom and downloading revelation. And he's actually bringing his own personhood into the, into the dimension of our life experience. He wants to interact with us. He came to give us and create a covenant. Yesterday I did my, got to, I was honored to officiate at my brother's and Marsha's wedding over by the waterfall. And I got to sign, yeah, it's beautiful. I got to sign, they, they were married 30 years. She was married two weeks shy of 30 years and he was married two weeks over 30 years. And they said together we represent 60 years of experience. 
and they met in church, coming through healing from losing their, their, their sweet treasured mates, and it was beautiful to see all their adult kids come together, and uh, they even went bowling together, and they, you know, the, 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 they, they talked about how we thought this was going to be weird, but it was actually really fun, and so it, it's just to watch God bring a, a couple together and, bring, and create a covenant with them. We had, a, we had a, from St. Louis County, from the registrar's office, and I had to sit down with a, a blue or black ink only and, and, and print the name and then sign your name and do it this way or, it, or it's invalid. It was such a serious document, and it was conveying a covenant. Jesus has done something very important for humanity in the fullness of the times, Jesus died for the ungodly. Yeah. He came to seek and save that which is lost. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, it says in 1 John 3, 8, to destroy the works of the evil one. And he came to set captives free. And we got to get to know this because the, in this relativistic, pluralistic world and this mindset that, that's ambiguous and is, 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 is deceptively uh, uh, alluring. It's like there's a way that seems right to him. That seems right, but the end of that way is death. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In John 18, 38, Pilate asked Jesus, he said, hey, what is truth? While he was in the moment of accusation. And then he spins on his feet and walks away and he goes back to the Jews. He said, I find no fault in him. He didn't even wait for the answer. What is truth? Didn't even bother to let Jesus open his mouth and explain it to him. But we are not passive. We're hungry. Mark chapter 5, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'll tell you, I'm advocating for people out there that were lost like me, that didn't know Jesus and don't understand, and they need to understand. Uh, John and Sandy Haley opened up a, an account at a bank, and they were going through like close to two hours of paperwork. And John was, you know, he, he was desirous to communicate the gospel with the worker, that, the banker that was spending all the time with him. And he just couldn't find a, a doorway into it. So finally, he pulled a gospel track out of, his, out of his coat pocket, and he just reached across the table and handed it to her. And, and, and he said she burst into tears of appreciation. He said, it wasn't anything I said because I didn't say anything. He said, it wasn't the weight of my conversation with her. It was just that she saw Jesus is the key. And it, over on the other side, it had scriptures on how to be saved. She said, you have no idea how important this is to me. And later on, they, they were finishing up some paperwork days later. She said, I put that card right up in my, uh, in my cubicle, in my office, and, and for everyone to see. You know, and, and I, the other day, my wife and I were having a meal with uh, our friend Diana Stacy from Liverpool, England, and, and over at the, the newly renovated Annie Guns, and we were s s having a good meal, and in came a group of men, and one guy came in with, you know, sort of a long, like a mullet and big old handlebar mustache, and he had a bunch of tattoos, and he had this dance, he came in dancing. He came in like Fred Astaire, and I just looked up at him, I said, nice dance moves. Because, I mean, if he's going to bother to show like that, I'm going to bother to communicate appreciation. <laughs> it was fantastic. And he said, thank you. You know, and he sat down. I thought, man, I like that guy. 
And the other guys came in, and they were, you could tell there was a business meeting, but they were really enjoying their conversation. You could see it in their eyes, the way they were listening to each other, and everybody had a part. Nobody was just sitting there slumped over. It was a fun table. And I got burdened for them. I thought, how can I share Jesus with them? And I thought, how, I don't want to be obnoxious hovering over them. Can I talk to you for a minute about eternal life? You know, it's, I didn't want to go and be a goof, you know. But I also didn't want to walk away and, and not communicate the best message there is in the universe, you know. So I was praying about it, and we're having a conversation. My wife and I are talking, and, and Diana's talking with Patsy. And, then, and so then the guy, the dancer, remember him, Fred Astaire? He got up and went to the bathroom. So where's the bathroom? And he took off. I, oh, man, he better come back. And then uh, I, just, I just didn't feel, I felt so awkward. Like, how do I? get the message of Jesus to this table without being obnoxious. And um, I was leaning up against the wall, um, and Patsy, and I do this a lot with her, her coffee's like still three quarters full, and I'm, I'm like, I got the money out, and I'm ready to go. It's just very, very rude. It's, I admit it, it's very rude, you know. I don't... See, I can't really repent because I have the Holy Spirit assistant helping me there. But anyway, anyway, uh, so I'm standing there, you know, and, and, I, and, and I, had, I had on a chain a harmonica that, that I got at a, at a harmonica convention. And it had a little place for a loop where I could put it on a chain. And so I was wearing it and I was playing, practicing it. And, uh, and I was just standing there, you know, and, the, and all of a sudden... Uh, I looked up from the table, and there was one of the guys from the table, and he came over, and he had his hands on his knees, and he was leaning, and he was, his face was right across the table, and he was looking at my, what he thought was some kind of rectangular medallion, and so when he saw it, I went, Hoop, and he went, I knew it was harmonica. Hey, you guys, it's harmonica. Game on. Door is open. So I walked over, see you, drink your coffee. All right, here we go, and I... And, and I stood, and they're all like, well, we knew. I thought I told you that was a harmonica. And then I said, and, and so then all these guys, their hearts were open. And he said, would you, would you please, play, do you actually play? I said, yeah. So I played some, and I, I did pretty good. I played some blues, and the whole place in there went. So I, so I felt it was awkward, but, but it was fun, and everybody laughed. But then I said, and by the way, you guys, and they were laughing, Remember, Jesus loves you. The two right here, the one guy that came and got me, they won't, yeah, you're right, man, yeah. They immediately resonated when I, then I realized there was a presence of believers that had experienced Jesus. And they, they signed, and the other guys were like, and including my dancer, it's like, but then it's like, boom, mic drop, conversation, harmonica drop, and then the door open. Jesus said, if I be lifted up in the earth, which he was on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. No one comes to the Father lest he draws them. He's drawing, his drawing power is without parallel. But faith comes by hearing the word. How will they believe if they've never heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? Not just preachers on television or preachers in a pulpit, but I'm the product of a communicator out of the rank and file of the church who told me about Jesus changing his life. And it put me in touch with a, the, the game changer, life changer, 
King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is the essence of our message. This is the center of our movement. This is not a principle-based movement. It's, it's a person-based movement. It's not a shame-based movement. It's a righteousness-based movement. It's Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who came on a rescue mission to save sinners. He goes to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and explains to the, the, the posh, elegant uh, man of social sta standard and standing that he could be saved. He talked to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who had had five husbands and was living with a guy, and her life was rough, and, and, and she didn't have a social uh, position. She was uh, struggling, carrying you know, uh, dozens of pounds of water in a pot back to her village on her back, and he communicates to the one and communicates to the other, the life-changing, salvation-imparting, revelation-producing truth of the gospel of Jesus. I knew if I got the gospel into that table, it would do something because I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. By the way, Diana that was sitting at the table, she, she had just recently given her life to the Lord. We baptized her by the Sea of Galilee. She got spirit-filled and uh, it, it, her whole household, her whole family came into the fullness of God. So I, I've, God took, got a hold of my wife when she was a young girl. Her parents bothered to take her to church. God got a hold of me when I was hitchhiking in November of 1972, and a Vietnam veteran picked me up in his 1962 Chevy Impala, and he told me how Jesus changed his life, how he came through combat and heroin addiction and immorality and all the garbage of his bad decisions, and he told me Jesus changed his life. And I found out that there's a Jesus that has substance. There's a Jesus that is powerful. There's a Jesus that is present. The biblical Jesus, what God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So it blessed me when I heard that the Haley's, while they're doing their banking, got to share the gospel. I hope it blessed you that while I had the dinner and it was awkward, I was trying to figure out, God opened a door. God provided a way. David and, and Steve, they made a decision to go out and share the gospel with somebody every day for a month, and I, they're still doing it. And, and they ran into not one but two people that expressed that they were actually at a point of such despair that they were suicidal. See, I believe God is, is wanting to move uh, heaven and earth in this hour of darkness, of hostility, of social clashing, and of division. And he wants to come in on the scene and say, listen, the main deal is I came to save sinners. The main deal is I came to take that which was separated and bring them back into a relationship. The big deal is to know him. Pray for your kids to come back to the Lord. Pray for your neighbors to get born again. Pray for a North America to be saved. Pray for the nations to be reached. The gospel is going forth. This is our finest hour. And it's important that we know what's important. It's priority that we know what is priority. It's essential that we know what is essential. And so, that's my introduction. That's my introduction. Because we, in fact, are invited Jesus came in and said, have you met my father? Yeah. 
Have you met my father? This is my father. He went into village after village, healing people that were sick, feeding people that were hungry, covering people that were vulnerable, drawing people that were rejected, loving people that were despised. Think about the eye contact of Jesus in those villages. Little kids would run up to him. Parents would bring their kids to him. He was trustworthy. He didn't have any twistedness at all in him. He was right on. Still is. You know, I t kids go, well, Pastor Jeff, you, you're trying to get me to hook, bet my life on unseen things. You know, it's, it, Jesus is invisible. You expect me to, to live for him? And, well, do you believe in electricity? Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. You believe there's wind? Well, yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. I believe in Jesus, though I, I love him, though I've never seen him. I, I, in, in the Clarence Jordan Cotton Patch translation of, of, of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, Clarence Jordan had a dual uh, degree, one in agriculture and one in theology. And he was a pioneer in the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s in the South. He had a, he, uh, an, an integrated biracial farm that made a lot of the, you know, the rednecks mad and disrupted a lot of people's mentality, but he realized that that was part of his calling. And he was a great, excellent, he, he was an agriculturalist, he was a farmer on a high, high level, a scientific level, but he was also deeply in love with the Lord, and he did a translation called the Cotton Patch Gospel. And I think it's out of print, but you should look it up, um, because he speaks in the colloquial, colloquial uh, verbiage of the South, and, uh, you know, it has y'all in it and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. I love that translation. And he said, faith turns dreams into deeds. It bets its life on the unseen realities. I'll just tell you, I'm all in. My wife is all in on this because the Bible says we're to walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and not by sight. Now, to somebody that is ill-informed, they'll think, well, you're just blind in blind faith. No, I'm not, I'm not a slave to my five physical senses. I believe there's a God, and my belief is based on the word of God. That kid's so excited about that right there. See, you ought to be screaming like that, because this is that good. So this is my introduction, and now this is my close. Here, here's all my message. I had about 14 verses I wanted to give you, but I'll finish with Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and let's stand on our feet, and we'll finish with this. Let's stand on our feet, add attention to this verse. Listen to the exclusivity of this verse. And there is salvation in no one else. Did you hear this? No good works, no guru, no self-help systems, no other religionist, no philosophy, there's salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Put your hand on your heart and say, I love you, Jesus. Make my love deep, permanent and real. Ongoing and consistent. May my heart beat for you. 
May I honor you in my decision-making, my activities in life, my choices, my relationships, my attitudes, my wording. Help me, Lord, to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Use me, Lord, to make a difference in my community, in the bi-state area, in North America, in the nations, online, social media, face-to-face -face discussion, prayer, the way I act, my phone calls, my emails. Use what I do for the greater glory of God that Jesus would be exalted, that souls would be saved, that communities would be reached, that nations would be changed, that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of Jesus in every place. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. Go out and have a good time. Bless you.